Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Can we lift our hands one more time? What a touch that we feel in this house tonight. We're so thankful for your name. The Bible says at the mention of his name. All it takes is just the mention, but not any name. The only saving name, the name of Jesus. And he's in this house. He's in this house tonight. And uh, and we're so thankful for what we feel. We're so thankful for what we feel. I mean, God bless everybody. Uh, so thankful to be here tonight. Um, we're going to go to Matthew chapter 25, verse 25. Thank you. Praise team and singers uh, for leading us into a spirit of worship. And that was beautiful. Matthew 25, verse 25. Give honor to Pastor today. So thankful for the opportunity to be able to, to speak tonight. Love him. Um, and he's just the best. We're just blessed. We're just blessed with, with the best. And uh, so thankful for him and his family. I give honor to you on a Wednesday night being here and uh, believing that God has a specific word for us tonight. Matthew 25, verse 25, red letter. Um, And I was afraid, and I went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast that is thine. And I was afraid. I went and I hid thy talent in the earth. Uh, For just the next few minutes tonight, uh, Sister Marcy McCann said, I think that the party, the youth party is not over until 8.30. So that's about uh, plenty of time (laughs) for uh, for me. Uh, But I'm not going to be long tonight. But I I, I do want to talk a little bit uh, about the unprofitable servant. And if you could just put your Bible down, leave it open to Matthew 25. We're going to go through that tonight. And one more time, let's just ask the Lord to have his way in this place. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for what we feel. God, asks that you would open our ears and open our eyes and help us today, Jesus, to receive your word. Help us to not only be hearers, but help us to be doers. God, help us to, to speak with clarity and help us to understand and Bring revelation to us today. And we ask it in Jesus' name. And uh, you can be you can be seated. And I was afraid, and I went, and I hid thy talent in the earth. Uh, just in case that you have not been counting, Christmas is 18 days away. And... Um, I just need to do a quick poll. Who has their Christmas shopping already done? Wow. I wish to be more like you. Who who has not even started yet? All right, my people. Okay. All right. All right. Christmas uh, Christmas is coming. And with Christmas comes all of the joys of the season. And one of my kids' favorite is the fact that 
that at Christmas we give and we receive presents. And it is exciting to give gifts to people that you care and that you love about. That's, that's why we do it. We, we like these people that we are giving gifts to. And the principle is found in Scripture because the Bible says that in John 3.16, God so loved the world that he, that he gave. God loved and he gave. We, we give because we love. We give because we place value on the one that we are giving it to. It's not only the gift, it's the person that we are giving it to. We see value in them, and we, we want to bless them. And so it is with this framework of giving tonight that we are going to turn to, to Matthew chapter 25 and what is called the parable of the talents. We find Jesus, and he is teaching religious principles through these parables of the New Testament. A parable is not an actual event that took place, but a parable is a fictitious story that Jesus is using to to help us better understand the underlying principle that he is wanting for us to understand about the kingdom of God. Matthew 25, verse 14. It says this, Jesus speaking, For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling unto a far country. And before we go any further tonight, we have to understand that the teaching of this parable of the talents is, is about the kingdom of heaven. Jesus is saying that the story that I'm getting ready to tell you, it, it is likened unto the kingdom of heaven. Not the kingdom of man. It is likened unto the kingdom of heaven. He, he is paralleling what he is getting ready to teach as if it were a master that is getting ready to go away for a long time. But we have to realize that he is talking in reality, about the kingdom of heaven. Who called his own servants, this man that is leaving, that is going uh, into a far country. Not only is this a man, but this is a man of power. We know this because he has servants. He, he is a man of influence. He is a man of position. He is a man of authority. Jesus is saying that this man is not just on his own, but but this man is even in charge and he is over other servants within his own house. And the last part of that verse, and delivered unto them his goods. Not the servant's goods. This man that is going on this journey that is likened unto the kingdom of heaven, he gave to them and delivered something that belongs to him. Not to them, because he is the Lord. He is the master of the house. He, he is bringing something that belongs to him. Verse 15, and unto one he gave. There's that word again. Unto one he, he, he gave. 
Now, we, we can't go any further until we understand the principle that this is a generous master that Jesus is talking about in this parable. He is choosing to give something to his servants that they could have never obtained on their own. He is extending to them something of value from himself that is his, and he is entrusting it to the other people that, that do not have the same status as he does. They are not in the same social economic circle that the master is in. They do not have the same level of influence, the same level of authority that the master does. But yet he is still extending and entrusting something to them. They, they are not on the same level that he is, but the master is giving nonetheless. We have to to catch this tonight that the Bible was not written in a Western ideology mindset that believes in a, a democracy and believes in independence. But Jesus is communicating with people in his teaching of this parable that they understood what a kingdom was all about. This is likened unto a kingdom of heaven. In a kingdom, the only thing that matters is the king. The law that exists is what the king says that it is. In a kingdom, you don't even really own anything. Everything belongs to the king. And you just serve as stewards of what belongs to the king. In a kingdom, a king does not owe you anything. A king is not necessarily required to do anything for you. You serve only at the discretion and the wishes of the king. That's why it is such a significant point in the scripture because Jesus is teaching that in the kingdom of heaven that this king gives. Understand how paradoxical that was to people who understood what a kingdom was. But in the kingdom of heaven, this man, this Lord, he, he gives. And unto one he gave five. Everyone say five. He gave five. To another, two. Everyone say two. And to another, one. Everyone say one. Great job. Five, two, and one. Were they all gifted the same? No, they were not. Each of the servants were not gifted equally, but that is not the point of the scripture. The point is that each servant was gifted nonetheless. Not equally, but still gifted. Something they didn't deserve. Something they couldn't have done on their own. Something they didn't have any power to possess. They didn't possess the ability to make it happen. But the king, he gave. The servant that he gave them that they were not required to do that. The master, but he gave. And he gave to every man according to his several ability. 
The Lord is not expecting anything that is not within our ability to perform. He, he gave what each one could handle. He gave five, he gave two, and he gave one. And the Bible says, and straightway took his journey. The master gives the talents to his servants, and he leaves. That's all the Bible says. The Bible doesn't record that there was any instruction that was given from the master to the servants. It doesn't record that a conversation took place of what the servants were supposed to do with these talents that he had given them. But the master, he comes, he gives, and he leaves. Verse 16, then he that had received the five talents, he went and he traded with the same, and he made them other five talents. The Bible does not say that the master told him to do this. In this parable, it appears at this time, it is up to the discretion of the servant what he does with what he has been given. A talent, as it is being translated here, was equivalent to about 6,000 denarii. And a denarius was Roman currency. And one denarii is translated as one penny in Matthew chapter 20. And one denarii was equal in value to about one day's wages for the average laborer at that time. One denarii, one day's wage. So you have to picture this with what the servants had received. These are servants. These are not, these are not educated men. These are not political men. These are not bankers. These are not investors. These are servants. They serve at the discretion of the king. And he has come and he has given them something of immense value that they would have never been able to obtain on their own. So you have to picture what they have. They have these talents and one talent was worth 6,000 days worth of pay for their labor. Or in other words, one talent was equivalent to almost 16 and a half years worth of pay at a servant's wage. It is not a small thing that the master gave. Jesus is clearly emphasizing the magnitude of what has been given to us by using talents as the measure in his story. Because he gave something of such value that we could have never obtained on our own. Verse 17, and likewise, he that had received two he also gained other two. The second servant, without any instruction, without any commandment, did just as the first servant did with five talents. He may have received three talents less, but he accomplished the same thing. He took what he had been given and he doubled it. The point here is that the amount of what he received did not dictate the level of his commitment to multiplying what he had been given. Because it's real easy to look around and to compare talents with others. Real easy to do that. It would have been very understandable for the guy with two talents to have a chip on his shoulder about the guy that's got five. 
and say, well, he's got five. Let him go work harder to, to, to do that. He, he's got five. I've just got two. It, it would have been very easy and possible to understand why maybe he wouldn't have tried as hard. He didn't have as much in it. In it. He, he, he didn't have as much to, to prove. He, he didn't have to try as hard. But, but we don't read where the one that received two talents ever complained that he didn't receive five. Because he also realized and he also acknowledged that he was gifted with something he didn't deserve. Matthew 25, 18. But he that had received one. This is where the story changes. He that received one, he went and he digged in the earth. And what did he do? He hid. He hid his Lord's money. What a difference in the approach of this slave. What a difference in how, in how he viewed what he had been given by the master. What a change, what a change in, in the same servants. They all served him. What a, different, what a different understanding that this one had. It appears that, that he did not view it as a blessing, that he could multiply it. But, but it appears almost through scripture that, that it burdens this particular servant. It, it appears that this servant is now, now worried that he is now nervous and that the only thing that he can think to do is to go and to dig a hole in the ground and to bury the very thing that he has been given. He is hiding what he has been given. He is taking something of such extreme value and he is burying it in the ground. Verse 19, and after a long time, the Lord of those servants comes back and he reckoneth with them. It's been a long time. It's been a long time since the master had left. It's been a long time. They've had plenty of time for the servants that they could have done something with those talents. He, he did not give them a time frame. He did not expect anything that they couldn't have done. The, the Lord did not expect anything unreasonable from them. The servants had adequate time. The Lord gave them enough time. Verse 20, and so he that had received five talents, he came and he brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents, Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. His Lord said unto him. This is the first time the Lord, this is the first time we hear from him. The Lord said unto him, well done, thou good, part one, and faithful, part two. Thou good and thou faithful servant. This is the first time that we hear from the master. Up until now, the, 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 the parable did not specify what the master expected from his servants. But here, now that he speaks, 
now we see that the master had anticipated that the servants would increase what he had given them. What is the only factor that made this servant both good and faithful? The only thing, it was that he had taken what his Lord had given him and increased it. That's it. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. What this tells me is that the master has access to more. And this was a proving period for the master to see how the servant handled what he was entrusted with. This was a trial. This was a test. This was an opportunity for the servant. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. When the master sees the commitment from the servant, the master changes the altitude of the servant from being only a servant to now the master will make him a ruler over many things. Because the Lord is just waiting to see what he can trust us with. And when he can trust us with more, it is then that we get to enter into new dimensions of the Lord with him. Enter thou now, now into the joy of the Lord. Matthew 25, 22. Here comes the man with two talents. Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. His Lord said unto him, well done, good, there it is again, and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Note that the response from the master is identical to both the servant who had five and had made it ten. And his response is the same to the servant who had two but made it four. The quantity did not set up a different response from the master. Both received the same reward for what they had done with what they had been given. The response from the master was the same to both. The Lord did not lessen the reward for the man who had two talents. The response from the Lord was the same for both the five and for the two. The master calls both of them good and faithful. Verse 24. Then he which had received one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee, that thou art hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, and gathering where thou hast not strawed. Here's my question. Does this servant know something about the master that the other two servants do not know? No. They were all, they were all his servants. They all knew him. 
They all worked with him. They all took instruction from him. They all knew what the servant, what the master was like. They all knew what he was like. That's why the other two had no trouble taking the talents and doing something with them because they did know their master and they knew that he expected them to increase in it. Verse 25, here's the point of the whole thing. And I was afraid. Part of me understands his fear. He has been given more money than he probably has ever seen in his life. He is holding something that he would have to work 16 years in order to obtain. No doubt he is worried about something happening to it. No doubt he is worried about it getting lost. No doubt he may be worried about somebody stealing it. He is afraid of what he has been given. And and he went and, and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast that is thine. The difference between this servant and the other two was how he viewed himself with the gift. The other two servants make no mention of how they felt with the talents. No record that when he gave them talents that that they were worried or that they were afraid or that they were happy. No, nothing. No word. But this servant, he said, I was, I was afraid. Did he need to be fearful? Did the master threaten him before he went on his journey? Did did the master give some kind of strong rebuke? Did, Did the other two servants, did they operate out of fear? The other two servants did not operate out of fear, but they operated out of faith. Faith in what the Lord had entrusted them with. They saw the environment. They saw the opportunity completely different. They saw it as an opportunity to be able to do something for the master. That's why the Lord said unto them, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. They operated in faith. It was faith that they operated Operating in faith leads to increase, while operating in fear leads to isolation. Verse 26, his Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knewest, thou knewest that I reap where I sowed not. He said, yeah, you did know that. And, and you did know that I, that I gather where I have not strawed. His master is saying here that you do know me. You do know that since you, you know me, you, you knew that I would have expected you to do something with what I have given you because you do know me. Verse 27, thou oughtest therefore 
to have put my money to the exchangers. And then at my coming, I should have received mine own with usury. Exchangers here, uh, that's equivalent to what we would call banks, and usury there is, is collecting interest. If you give a bank money, they'll pay you back an interest on that. The master was saying that you could have at minimum put the talent to work at a bank, and I could have at least collected interest off of it. At minimum, you could have done that. I think it's important to note that the master does not say that he had to double the talent. He is clarifying right here that he did not demand that he turn his one talent into two. All that the master expected out of him was that he would increase what he had been given. He didn't have to double it. He didn't have to, he didn't have to do what the others had done. All he had to do was to put it to work. All he had to do was to just increase what he had been given. Verse 28, and I'm closing if you want to stand. What happens when you operate out of fear and what happens when you operate out of isolation? Verse 28, take therefore the talent from him and give it unto him which hath ten talents. Fear will cost you much more than you ever thought that it would. Not only does he not have increase, but now he does not even have what he was given and it has been taken away. Verse 29 for unto everyone that hath shall be given, and he shall have abundance. But from him that hath not, catch the difference, him that, him that hath, there's abundance. Him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath. This is both a promise and a curse in scripture. What's he talking about in verse 29? He that hath shall have abundance. He that hath not shall be taken away. This is where we have to look back. We have to look back over what we just read of these verses to see what the master is saying. He's saying that everyone that operates in faith, everyone that hath faith, everyone that hath faith, they shall have abundance. But they, but they don't have faith. It shall be taken away from them. The, the opportunity, the, the gifting, the, the gift. It can be taken back. Everyone that operates in faith shall have abundance. Everyone that operates in fear shall lose out on what was meant for them. It's a promise. Verse 30. Last verse. Here's the warning in Scripture. And cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. 
there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Cast ye the unprofitable. It's the first time he's ever called that. Cast ye the unprofitable servant. Jesus calls the man in the parable that was fearful an unprofitable servant. Why? Because he hid what the master meant to be a blessing for him. He was unprofitable solely because of his own doing. Wasn't any external circumstance, wasn't anything outside of his control. It was him. He took what was meant to bless him and he he buries it in the ground completely by his own choice he misses what the Lord had meant for good because of his own limiting beliefs in himself he said I was afraid he had no reason to be afraid He self-sabotaged the very thing that the Lord wanted to bless him with. The master had put the gift in his hand, but it was the servant that put it in the ground. And so the question that I have come tonight to ask is this, is that if the master were to return what would be his response to what you've done with what he's given I want to be pleasing to him and I want to be a profitable servant because this is not about the kingdom of man this is about the kingdom of Jesus is warning and he's also encouraging that it's up to us what we choose to do with what he's given makes all the difference. I wonder if tonight if if we could just lift our hands for just a moment. Could you just search your heart? Ask God to maybe not of him. Come on, I know it's a Wednesday night, but just seek the Lord for just a moment. I feel like this is a specific word for somebody. What are you doing with what God has given? The master will return. something that you could have never done on your own, something that you could have never acquired and obtained. It was a gift. It was given. Because this is about the kingdom of heaven.
want to be pleasing unto the Lord. I want to be a profitable servant to the Lord. I don't want him to ever question my motive. <laughs> I don't want to ever put myself between the blessing of God. Today, do we have a song? They're going to sing. This altar's open. Or you can pray in your pew. But they're going to sing. And I would just invite you just to, just to search your heart today. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.